Nick. Nick. How are you? Very good. Thanks for should, we, should we get straight to the intro? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to Inside the Hive. You want to do it? Welcome to Inside the Hive. I'm Nick Adler and you're Nick Bilton. That is correct. So uh, I'm going uh, to start off by introducing you very, very quickly and then we'll jump into some topics that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Uh, Nick, you've worked with Snoop Dogg for how many years? Almost a decade. A decade with Snoop. You must be very high right now. Uh, what else do you do with Snoop? Well, so I am a the SVP at the Cashmere Agency, and I work with brands, celebrities, talent, influencers, and you know work on their social messaging and, and their content. And uh, and with Snoop, you you just get high with him. Funny enough, I don't smoke, but yeah. Oh, okay, well we'll get we'll get to that later. It, it, it's right. kind of like don't get high on your own supply. So no, I with Snoop, I've done mostly branding endorsement, and um, and also have sort of invested side by side with him, helped um, look at deals and uh, mostly in the tech space, some consumer products. And uh, we've done, you know, a lot of fun stuff over the years. All right. So I I have a question that has been on my mind for quite a while, which is um, we live in a culture now, uh, I'm just going to jump straight into it, uh, where it's a celebrity culture where pretty much anyone in, in America is idolized because they are a celebrity. And the, the guy sitting in the White House right now, Donald Trump, is not there because he has some amazing business prowess. He's there because he's a celebrity. Uh, and, um, and, and you look around, you look at the fact that, you know, uh, what were you saying? Kylie Jenner now has a, a filter on Instagram or something like that? Yeah, my way over here I saw on Instagram there was a little blue check mark at the lower right corner. I clicked on it and there was a filter for Kylie Jenner that the, it was telling me that Kylie Jenner, you could use, you could put her lips on your face. It's just amazing to have that global platform and to sell your own product to have a billion plus people. A billion, billion plus people now are putting their lips on their, on Kylie Jenner's lips on their face. So, so you, and you've also worked, you've worked with a lot of celebrities and you've worked with Snoop for all these years. And, and I wonder, you know, when I look at the world that we live in, and it has transformed while we have been here on this planet. This is not something that happened 70 years ago. This is like the last couple of decades, right? In the last like seven minutes. Yeah, maybe seven noticed. minutes. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like the celebrity culture. <clears throat> do you look at it and think as you work with these people, do you think like, wow, this is really fucked up. This is not the world we should be living in? I try to look at it from a little bit more of an optimistic approach, but I think I can't help but see things that are happening on social media and just in, in the political landscape right now and be like, oh, well, there's been some huge mistakes that have been made. So, yeah. so the answer is yes. I, you know, I think that there's, there is some upsides in, to, to this access and to this distribution that we've created. You're so, talking about social media in social general? Media, yeah, but I think, yeah, no doubt. I mean, celeb culture, influencer culture, it's moving so fast right now and it's, going in many bad, bad places. So yes. So is there, so is there someone who works with some of these people? I mean, I, like I look at Logan Paul, for example, and, yeah. I, and I think to myself, like, first of all, he just seems like a total tool, but, yeah. but putting that aside, like what's more depressing, because there's lots of people that are jerks in the world, what's more depressing is that he has such influence over millions of kids, and, uh, and he thinks that the things he does, does he think that the things he's doing are okay? I mean, it, it, Undoubtedly, it, he thinks that they're fine. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And and so, does someone have a responsibility to like lob them over the head and say, "Hey, you're not you're not putting society in a better place," or, or am I just be am I just the asshole that I care? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I mean I don't think there is any 
kind of roadblocks right now. I don't think there is anybody to police that or patrol that. I don't think there, ultimately there should be. Logan Paul, as crazy as it is, I mean, realistically, the guy could become president one day. Logan Paul. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, there is a possibility. It's not a remote possibility. There's a possibility that in X number of years, like 10, no, more than that, 20 years, this guy could be the president of the United States. The, the guy, I'll give him, I will kind of talk a little bit about him because I think ultimately there is something to this person. Okay, like well, what not. is it? I don't know. There's something that is, is engaging and captivating, goofy, um, and relentless. One thing I've, I've learned from Snoop and Beyond is that to be successful on these platforms is not a fluke. These guys are machines. They work so hard. Now, they don't care who they offend. They don't care if people like them or not, which is the kind of the flip side of it. But they are amassing massive audience and they're, and they're essentially unstoppable so they do something so ridiculous but it doesn't even destroy them yeah not, it doesn't even Logan destroy Logan Paul did the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time and didn't it destroy didn't destroy him. him and he's on his way you know he's on his way back I'm sure some of these people clearly are, are messed up so they're going to do it again and I hope eventually sabotage themselves but look at I mean it's, it's worked well for the president but it's worked well for the president, but it's worked at the expense of democracy, right? I mean, it's it's a um, he uses this. It's it's interesting. I mean, I when I first I was talking to actually my old editor at the New York Times this morning, and I we were emailing back and forth because in 2012 I wrote an article that said Apple would be the first trillion dollar company. It just happened, and it just happened. I was super late, like uh, five minutes ago. Yeah, right? yeah. It, uh, for people listening tomorrow or yes on Friday, it'll have happened yesterday. But, but I remember writing this article, and I spoke to all these analysts, and they predicted between 2013 and 2015. And and I emailed my editor. I said we were right. We were just off by five years and uh, or four years. And and I was and he wrote back. He said we were actually right about a lot of stuff because I wrote back then in 2012 about 3D printed guns, and we saw that happen this week. Uh, and uh, and what's I said, but we were wrong about one major thing, which was social media. Back then, I used to say social media is the greatest thing that's ever happened to society. It's going to fix all the world's ills and this, that, and the other. And I actually truly do believe that it is probably one of the worst things to happen to society to, when I look at it today. It's, I mean, it's the greatest thing for narcissism, but it, probably but, the worst thing for society. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But should, should, we, should we be, as someone who invests in these companies and also you know, uses them with Snoop on the platform, um, as, as platforms, should... Should we be doing something? Should we be t pressing these sh companies to not allow? <clears throat> or, or am I just a old pessimistic lunatic? I mean, should we? I, I don't. I don't know if we should. I think that it'd be nice if we could evolve to a place where there's proper ethics and proper ways to use these platforms. But I don't think. We have the tools to police them, and I don't think we, we ultimately want to police them because, you know, then we're starting to sort of control people's, you know, rights and stuff like that. But we've given a lot of people a platform, a lot of big assholes a platform, and they're not doing any good for first culture society. On the flip side, on the other side of it, we've given people without a voice a voice. Like, there's... there's kids or, or, you know, creators or artists or politicians living in small towns in places where you didn't have access to a voice and and now you do you know there's there's some with terrible voice with with audience now but there's some you know who gives them this this democracy this 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 the freedom to to like 
create an audience, a niche audience. Like that's one part of this whole thing that I think is amazing is how specific is the new broad, how niche audiences or, or, or people with really specific tastes have now, you know, they have their own audience. That's the upside I will give to certain a- assets of, of, of this social media influence thing. So, so are influencers, do you think that they're a net positive for entertainment and society or are they, is it kind of a bit of, as with everything, a little bit of both? I, 100% a little bit of both. <clears throat> I mean, there's, 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 there's I, I, look, I have little kids, right? So do you. I worry about the world they're growing up in and the influence and the narcissism and the, the, just the obsession and the addiction. Um, but I also do appreciate the ability for people to have an audience and for people to be able to create art across these platforms and to spread positive messages. Not all bad. There's a lot, the bad stuff, and, and you know this better than anybody, right, being a, being a journalist, but the negative stuff gets clicks. The, the clickbait, the stories, the, the condescension, the attack, like that is what people want to follow on Twitter. That, the, the beefs on Instagram, I mean, that obviously gets more views. But there's people who are cr- using these platforms to create an audience. And I, and I think that's good. And frankly, like, I, I fall into it. I mean, I, I think, like, I realize now, if you don't have an audience, if you don't have a, a group of, of, of people that follow it, then you don't have as much power as other people. You, that power is, is, is a big thing. Trump, love the guy or hate the guy, is a massive power because this audience, fake or not, it's still, it's still a massive audience. Yeah, I, 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 I totally see what you're saying. I just, I just wish that the audience is – I wish that the audience and the power would fall into uh, to less douchey hands. The powers of good. Yeah, into the powers of good. All right, so, so just switching gears a little bit, and I want to get to Snoop Dogg and some of your investments in a little bit because I, I know you've got some fascinating stories. But you and I were talking this weekend about – you had a really good point about how the, um, <clears throat> the disruptors – that have disrupted all these companies have just become better, shittier versions of the things they disrupted. Tell, tell me that thought. Yeah. So I think the kind of idea that I've been playing with is like, you know, what, what's new is essentially becoming old again. It's like this idea that, you know, in 2010, 2011, everybody was changing the world. And these guys, I think a lot of them still believe they're changing the world. And now talking like the Ubers and the Airbnbs. I'm saying sort of, um, disruptive technology companies, Silicon Valley, LA, New York, wherever these hubs of disruption are, where there's these groups of people who are running around saying like, oh, we're not here for the money. money. We're here to change the world. And I think that was a, a great compelling story for a long time. I think people believe that. And now, and now we're but caught it was, up. But it was bullshit though, right? I, I, th- I think that even if, I think yes, it was bullshit, but certain people did believe it until ultimately, you know, big money came into the industry and you have to, earn and now we're on a place where we're like we're they're judged by public markets you know this is a this is a, a big change so you know i'm these companies like uber and airbnb right they were amazing when they first launched and i remember you know you get you press the button and there's your black car and the everyone's like incredible everything's clean and they're you go to the hotel you go to the the airbnb and it's like the it's like this is amazing it's pristine yeah and and then you know, it was cheaper too. Like, you, you know, it was amazing. Like, you're undercutting taxis. And then, have you taken an UberX lately? Oh, it's like you get you get in and it's it's like... Oh, it's the dregs, man. Yeah. It is like, 
unbelievable that it reminds me of being in a taxi. Well, it, it actually, actually, I was in an UberX coming back from the airport, the other day, and I was like, man, I should have taken a taxi. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is making a taxi feel like you know, even if the guys have it on his phone, like the economics of it, and they've made it so cheap, and I respect that. But on the flip side of it, like one day you're riding in an UberX, another day you're riding in UberX, the next day you're going, oh, I'm just going to use the Uber Select, which is twice as much money, essentially, what was initially the UberX. And I get that. Eventually, it's economies of scale. You get enough people, you can charge them more, and you, you, know, you can dumb down the product. But I was, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, this is, this is, we've gone backwards. So we're basically, they've just replaced cabs with cabs. They replaced cabs. They just all they did was make it easier for us to get that. You, cab. you can press one, and they've created it so that there's just one company that owns everything. It's sort of like a, a monopoly of 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 economy. So there's there's that, and then you know the same with with like we said with with an Airbnb. There's a, you know I'm sure that the dating apps as well. Like what's interesting there though is like I think they're creating other niche products now. So you know there's the the probably the premium. Uber X app or the premium Airbnb, the premium dating app that are that are spinning off these, and there's going to be a bunch of different versions of those. So companies. does that mean that these com- companies that you know Airbnb and Uber both both on the verge of going public in the next X number of months, years, whatever? Does that mean that <clears throat> that because they become shittier project, pr- city shittier products of the version that they were trying to, or equally as bad product of the thing they were trying to trying to break, um, that they could be disrupted by someone else quite quickly. And from an investment standpoint, that's like, uh uh-oh. I think it's hard. I mean, yes, I think that all, every product could ultimately be disrupted by a better product and one that catches critical math, math through whether it's social media, word of mouth, whatever. But in this landscape, they have so much control and they, it's, I think it's getting harder and harder and harder. And there's also so much distraction. It used, I think it used to be, and that's not that long ago, there was a few new companies doing a few new things. And now, you know, you're, you're being inundated and you're being marketed to with so many different things. It's hard to, it's hard to attach yourself to anything. So you're going to hold on to these, these few products until, until something really, you know, until something really changes. You are listening to Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. So you have invested in quite a lot of companies with Snoop Dogg. Uh, tell, how did you guys, how did Snoop end up becoming, I mean, he came from, from Compton to being a rapper Long to being Beach. Long, Long Beach. Beach, sorry, yeah. uh, semantics. Get your, yeah, get your, <clears throat> um, get it together, buddy. Uh, to being an investor and like, you know, doing like keynote, PowerPoint keynotes at, at like events, uh, tech, tech events and, and conferences. How did, how did that happen? Um, that happened because of um number one we wanted to learn we saw our peers were doing stuff in in technology who who were the peers back then i mean peers people in the entertainment so i mean i I mean ashton kutcher was obviously early and i think he was making incredibly smart decisions and using it using his power to promote some of these products early um so i think you know for us i personally was a i I think I'm an early adopter. I like to play with technology. I like to look at tech. And just, you know, when, when um, Twitter was, I think, in its sort of early stages, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 2000, uh, 2008 maybe, 2008, maybe even seven. Seven, seven yeah. was when it was, yeah. And I remember going on it, and I wasn't managing snoop on his social media i wasn't doing any of those things i was just using like kind of seeing what these products are and i said to a friend of mine i was like 
am I an idiot not to understand Twitter? And he was like, well, you'd be foolish not to accept it, but you don't have to use it. And I remember thinking, okay, wait, so this is, I gotta, I gotta pay attention. So I did. And I started to like, you know, work with colleagues of mine at, at Cashmere and we started to like, you know, use these platforms. And, and Cashmere is what? Snoop's branding agency? No, or? no, no, no. Cashmere is a, is a, a social media marketing company. We focus. But, it's, but you're in Snoop, you're in the office with Snoop, right? It's like a part of. No, no. So, I mean, Snoop has his own, you know, his own place of work. He is a, um, you know, multifaceted talent. Um, I worked with his manager, Ted Chung, for many years on the, on the, management side where I focus specifically on branding and endorsement pre-social media. And then as social was developing, I kind of, that was a natural extension of that. So exploring Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all these things just to see how they could extend his brand and we could do marketing deals across his media platform. And that inevitably then led me to meeting investors, angel investors, entrepreneurs, private equity, things I didn't know anything about pre this job. I didn't have a business school education. I didn't know finance was like so foreign to me. When, so back then, 2007, was Snoop as, is Snoop more famous now because of social media and things like that? Or was he as famous back then? 100%. Well, I mean, 100% more famous now. I think there's more extensions of his brand. He's famous. He's globally famous. Yeah. He's done that with or without social, but he has so much extension to touch and talk to people on a daily basis that I think that's where um, it's really helped. So you you guys you start you you start using Snoop and uh, and you guys start investing in these companies and and you came up with a strategy right where you were like we can help these companies kind of grow and maybe get like a little cut of it. Uh, but, but that didn't work out so well with Instagram. Tell me that, tell that story about what happened with Instagram. Um, it's not that it didn't work out. It was the, we, I didn't know. So I think this is going back to the early phase. So I was an early adopter of products and I happened to come across Instagram when it was probably a few hundred thousand users. I mean, that's how early it was. And, um, I remember, going on it and I remember kind of seeing some friends of mine talking about it on, on Twitter and I was like, let me, let me, let me try it out. And I remember using it and being like, oh, this is really, this is cool. But it was, I mean, it was, it was such a simple product then. It was like a few filters and you post them and you can make yourself look cool, right? Or you can make your food look good or you could take a photo of a rock, right? Which is kind of essentially what I was doing. I remember taking photos of like... Rocks. Rocks, yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, then I tried to figure out who was behind this company. And, and I don't even think at that point there was really like LinkedIn was, I don't even know how far it had evolved at that point. And I went, um, I searched online and I eventually ended up on Quora, hmm. which was kind of the, I think, tech talking yep. spot. Yep. People where, where people could, you know, pontificate. And I, uh, I found the founder there. Kevin and Systrom. Kevin Systrom. And I emailed him and he emailed me back. And uh, he was like, I could tell he was, he was excited. He was like, this yeah. is really, Snoop this, yeah, this is on. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't even think it was about getting on the platform. I was just like, hey, I like what you're doing. I'm going to be up in San Francisco. So I, I flew up to the Bay with my colleague, Ryan Ford. And we did a couple of meetings that day. And we went to 
um, South Park. Uh, it was, it's the old Twitter offices. Yeah, yeah. I went to I went to his office and it was um, tiny, like smaller than this room. Yeah, yeah, it was about the size of this room. Yeah, and this room I don't know for context is about how big. It's small. Yeah, so <laughs> we're in the room. about I think there was like maybe four or five guys in yeah. there, and um, and he's you know he said he introduced us real quick, and then we walked down the street to a coffee shop. While we were in that coffee shop, we were. Um, just he was talking about the product, and I, you know, at that time, I, I'd met him since then. At that time, it was just it was just a product that he was excited to do to do things with. That there was an audience. I didn't even know you could invest in companies at that point. So that's really <laughs> what it comes down to. I, I had no idea that you know you could get equity, and it just it just was. I mean, this is just. Was just but I don't think actually, in your defense, I don't think back then people were doing the equity for play play. I don't think they that weren't. existed. I mean, they, I mean <clears throat> there was. They weren't. I mean, there was. It was happening in consumer products and things like that. You know, you'd seen Snoop, uh, uh, Fifty Cent, and Vitamin Water. So mm-hmm. there were things going on, but it wasn't as obvious, right? It wasn't like a, a must do. So we're in this meeting with him and we're, we're, we're just kind of hanging out and, and in, in there, you know, we liked him. We're like, oh, let's, let's throw up a photo. And we did. Of Snoop, on Snoop's account. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, uh, of Snoop holding a, um, a now defunct beverage that What was, beverage was it? It was called Blast by Colt 45. Got it. And, uh, and then... We hung out with the guy for a little bit. We shook hands. We left. I remember because we went to a meeting at Zynga after. Like, you can tell what kind of companies were happening at you that point. You can see what era of time you were in. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we were sitting down with the biz dev guy over there. And he basically, I, I think it's about an hour and a half later, he basically was like, oh, by the way, there's a great article on uh, Snoop and TechCrunch. And we were like, what? Huh? Wait, this is an hour and a half after yeah, you maybe, left? Yeah, maybe two hours later. Yeah. And uh, and the, the article's still out there. Yeah. You can search it and find it. Um, it was written by M.G. Siegler. Siegler, yeah, yeah. And yeah. who's now a venture capitalist, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I went on there and I basically read his article and I was like, whoa. Like, and I remember it, it was like, essentially, Instagram becomes official. Huh. So, I mean, it's really like, this is user number, celebrity user number one. I, th- I think there have been a couple other people on there but he was really well i was already on there yeah so. or you were you were on there <laughs> so you know in that in that meeting and i think you know in the, in the in the earlier part of it we had definitely discussed he's like you know there's more we could do together and let's stay in touch and all that kind of stuff and so we did that and then and then we you know it was cool we went back to la we we're proud of the sort of attention that we had gotten but then all of a sudden, you know, I realized, um, you know, about a year and a half later, I think to that day, they sold for a bill. Yeah. And there were some congratulatory emails and I was like, well, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, so, <laughs> um, you know, I shot those guys an email. An email. I, I, had, I had then followed up with the founder since then and had a coffee or two. And I remember there was a clear change in their approach. It was kind of funny because, you know, in the, in the initial meeting, it was like, yeah, we want to, you know, this product, we want to do great stuff. We can do product integrations. And then the next time I, I saw them, like, like it was post Facebook and I was like, no, we're just the pipes of the internet. <laughs> and, I, and I remember it took me like 10 minutes to figure that out. I was like, what does that mean? You're the pipes of the internet. Now it's like, everybody's like, we're the pipes. But at the time yeah. I was like, you're the pipe. Yeah. We just want, we just want to be an open platform. And, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was kind of like, I went back a little bit shell shocked, but um, so, so now, so you, so after that happened, did you, did you start coming up with ideas to say, okay, we won't sign up with your service unless we, unless we get something out of it? 
No. But I did start to be proactive in how I reached out to companies to say, hey, I like what you're doing. Let's meet up. Let's talk. Let's figure out ways that we can collaborate together. If a product's good, I mean, that's, I think, the number one thing that I would say to this audience or to any create or in, um, entrepreneurs out there, like, if a product's good, a product's good, and people will use that product, whether you pay them or not. If the product's bad, yeah, there's been times where we've been like, we're not going to use this, no matter how much equity you give us. This is capital. Like, you need to pay for us to essentially endorse this product. On the, on the flip side, when we've seen great companies been like, oh, well, you know, can we invest in this? Can we do something to create advisory equity? Um, and that is, you know, how that's worked. And I think, yes, there's been the, the Snoop Dogg um, element of, of how we work with companies. But separate from that, like, you know, I've tried very hard with, with, with the, my colleagues to, like, you know, take the experience that we have and work with these companies and say, hey, we understand the multicultural millennial. Like, let us you know, let us invest. So we've built an interesting portfolio through just being honest with these companies. So if you were to look forward to some of the things that you see kind of happening with, I mean, why doesn't Snoop have a podcast? Like what, what are some of the things that you see as kind of the next platform that someone like Snoop Dogg would be kind of adopting? Well, he does a lot. I mean, he does a lot. And he does it himself. So it's not necessarily like <clears throat> I'm, the, you know, myself or, 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 or the team, we're the, the gatekeepers to, to, the, to the products. I think he is now at a place where he handles, I mean, he manages most of the social media himself. Yeah, um, he, he, he tweets know, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's found in a very authentic voice and you know it's, it, it, it's him. It's, it's hard to look at new tech now and say, I want to use that. I want to use this because it's like, again, there's so much clutter and we're, we're down to like three or four basic social tools there's other types of things that we're looking at now that could be that could be helpful in, in other spaces I think um, you know that is how I look for me personally when I when I'm looking at you know things now and, and looking at it from an investment standpoint or even from a marketing services standpoint it's coming to me now through people that I trust and respect in this industry guys that I've created relationships with, whether they're people like, you know, friends of mine who are entrepreneurs or, or, or venture capitalists. And the funny thing now is the irony now is that from going from a space where I didn't know much to now feeling I have a decent understanding of the space. And I think there was a smaller network of, of venture guys and angels out there. Now I feel like, especially in LA, you turn around, it's like being a film producer in the nineties. Like everybody's like, Oh yeah, I have a venture fund. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? You, you have a fund. And then, and then I realized like, Oh, the level of, sophistication isn't even that deep where, you know, you meet some people and you're like, there's incredible due diligence and you can tell them what you do and they don't say cliche things where it's like, now I got to a point where I meet so many of these venture guys and they and they say the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. It's like, oh, well, that's a... Well, that, so that was my next question, actually. So you, you, when you look at these venture guys, I mean, look at the, the bird scooters, for example, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one day there was no scooters. The next day there were... God knows how many thousands and thousands everywhere, and then there were, then there was Lime, and then there was you know Uber's getting into into scooters and and Lyft and this that and the other and and it, and I guess the, the question I have is from an investment standpoint, do these investors just have no creativity whatsoever, and they just they see one tiny little glimpse of something that is going to work and and that's they're like oh we have got to go for that or is it that they see one tiny glimpse of something and they're like well that's going to work we're going for that. Yeah, I think it's more the latter, but I do think that there are, there's a lot of creativity out there and there's a lot of people that are taking risks on, on different things and sometimes things that I look at are just 
I think it's absolutely silly. And I think like, you know, there, there is a little bit more of like, what's the massive hundred X upside to it rather than, Hey, here's a good company doing good things that our money could be helpful towards that could get a, you know, that's not uh, what two, venture no, capitalists look at. 100, yeah. it's, it's 100x. So I think in that, there's also this FOMO, right? It's the fear of missing out. Like n- n- people missed Uber, right? People missed Lyft. People missed Instagram. So they don't want to miss out. So when the big firms go all in for hundreds of millions of dollars and the great, um, you know, uh, big names go into things and everybody wants to get on board. So I think it, 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 it's just, it's essentially, it, I don't think it happens every day now, but I think bird, which I think is a, is a pretty interesting product. Oh, I think it's a fascinating, product. you know, and I think there's, you know, there is some issues, but there's a lot of upside to it. And I think like everybody saw that as like, I, I need, I need a piece of that. And these guys were able to leverage that super fast. What was, what's so fascinating about bird, the scooters is that, you know, I was early on every platform because it was my job. I was early on Twitter, on Instagram, on all these things. And uh, using Uber, I remember when Uber only existed in San Francisco and it was only black cars. And I remember the first time I used it. And and there's a lot of times I use these things and I'm like, eh, that's not going to do anything. Uh, and I actually thought that with Twitter at first. So uh, <laughs> my radar is not 100% accurate. But but then there are these moments where you use it and you're like, holy shit, this is going to change everything. Yeah. And there's been this kind of challenge with um, uh, with transportation in cities. They've, they've always been trying to come up with ways. Remember the segues? They were like, it's going to change everything. Yeah, and, and it didn't. And I think that I, I saw the scooters all over the place and I was like, eh, it's not going to do anything. And then I rode one the other day and I was like, oh, this is something that's going to change everything. Yeah. And, and I think that... I. It's fascinating kind of to see how qu- – what's so interesting is how quickly it happened with this. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about with Instagram, it took a couple of years before yeah. Facebook was like, we're going to buy this company. And it wasn't even that big back then. Yeah. These scooters are just like that. Yeah. Is, is that an example of the fact that just from like the investment stuff that you look at, that, the, that things are speeding up even more? Um, and and there, aren't there consequences to that? Yeah. I mean, look, I think – that's one of the downsides to the, you know, I, I, I was using the scooters last week in Santa Monica and it was a Saturday and they were littered across the street and everything was dead. There was no battery left on anything. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, but on the, you know, and there there's so many different choices now. I just think the barrier of entry there was low enough that people could get in fast. Like you can go to China, buy a bunch of these scooters, get them on the street, plug in the technology and now it's a race to really being innovative. Like I can only imagine where these come, if, if, if these companies really are looking at the space from an innovation standpoint, it's probably going to be amazing one day. If you go in, there's like a mini one person car, whatever the case is. And it, you know, it, it really does kind of work within the Uber or, or it goes the reverse way. Like I said earlier, where, you know, you're just jumping on an electric sidewalk or whatever, Yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but so, so I think in certain spaces that it still takes R and D and it still takes time. And sometimes we do neglect that. And in other places, the lower barrier entry and yeah, you can, it can happen. It, it, there's, there's, there's six versions of everything, like every, everything that, ha- that works food on demand to like, there's just, there's it's, one there's happens hundreds of versions. Yeah, of yeah. Food and, on then, demand. and then it's the most money. It's the most marketing. All right. So, uh, we, we have like uh, a little bit of time left. I want to, I want to ask, uh, someone I, first, I want to come back to the beginning of this. Uh, and when I talked about celebrity culture and how 
I wonder if it's ruining the world or if it's just kind of part of the course that comes with media and, and technology. But when you do look at these platforms now as someone who's kind of helped uh, bring attention to them and, you know, Snoop uses them so much, do you kind of have any regrets? Like, do you, or is there like, is there part of you, of course, part of you is your job and you want to get the people you represent out there and you want to invest in these companies, but is there part of you that thinks like, we should be doing this differently? Not really. Really? I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have regrets in any of the work that we've done and how we've used the platform. I look at things and how people are using it and I, and I feel sad and I like, um, uh, I think it's unfortunate, but, um, I've always looked at most of this, this global reach and this voice as being a great tool and something that, you know, we can use to build our media brand, build our, you know, sell products, share a voice and, and do positive, do positive things. Um, there's a, there is a, there is a downside to it, but I don't feel like anything we've done has, has contributed to that. Um, all right. So let's, I want to hear a couple of Snoop Dogg stories. I mean, well, I mean, stories or, sorry, um, stories. So I think, uh, I, I what, mean, what is it? Okay. Here's the question I have. Snoop's, I've met him. He's a, a incredibly charismatic guy. No patience, it seems like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kind of no bullshit. Like, I'm just like, this is, I'm Snoop. He knows what he wants, yeah. I know what I want. Uh, Often very high. Um, Do, do, what is it like? I mean, I go in the room with some of these people. I'm kind of nerdy. I'm not going to lie, you know, like, but I go in the room with some of these people and I'm like, holy shit, you are a nerd. What is it like for (laughs) Snoop when he meets some of these tech people? Um, Well, (laughs) We've had a lot of different meetings. I mean, it's, it's, I think this is actually an interesting point here is that like we've had a lot of meetings at this point with, with people who are investors or the entrepreneurs, et cetera. And, um, you know, you learn how to not waste time and be effective with these. Like it's rare that we'll have that meeting unless we really feel like there's an opportunity and a business play. But um, there is a kind of a feeling that happens sometimes when, when, we walk in the room where I think there's a sense of like, oh, these rapper music industry guys, oh, they don't, they don't know anything. Like there's a sense of like, I'm going to talk to you in a, it's not patronizing, but I'm just going to talk to you and, I, and I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to tell you how it works. And we just sit back, it's very quiet and listen to, to an incredible amount of things that they're just giving us. Huh. Just, they come into the room and just give it to us because they feel like, they feel like, you know, we might not have uh, gone to Harvard or Yale or, you know, one of the Ivy Leagues and had, uh, you know, business school training, right? But we have experience and crazy hard work. And incredible now to think about the portfolio we have. It's actually probably longer, deeper, and, some, and better than some of these other guys. From the VC so, firms? Yeah, from yeah. the VC firms and even from the, from the entrepreneurs who a lot of times are really young. Yeah. And, you know, but like really like big egos and ambitious. And I respect that. But it also leads to this thing. So we kind of sit back and just let it happen and just let it wait to a point where I think they really feel like, oh, I've really, you know, really shown these guys. And then, boom, 
you know, hit him with the questions and you realize like the level of sophistication, you know, especially like, like Snoop. I mean, this guy has been, um, in the industry for over 20 years. Like he's seen and done deals that people can only dream of when he was, you know, famous at globally famous at 20 years old. Right. You know, like big checks were coming, you know, when I was in junior, junior high school, you know, so I, I, people, people forget that. And then you realize, oh, I'm sitting across from a really seasoned entrepreneur and a person who's done, you know, has a lot of experience in the industry. And I think then we leave and a lot of times we don't even expose ourselves and show them how much we actually know. And that comes through the, the deal process or, or, or ultimately how we can help at the end of the day. But it's kind of funny because that experience in that room is also what leads us to realize like it's not just about the deal. It's not just about the economics. It's about the person, the entrepreneur, the venture capitalist, the, the, the pizza man, the taco maker, whatever it is. It's like, is that person cool? Do they have work ethic? Are they, are they in it's for the It's funny. Ride? It reminds me. So Mark Zuckerberg used to famously wear a hoodie every sink to, you know, all over the place in flip-flops. And I remember speaking to someone who worked with him in his comms department and they said to me, you know, everyone thinks the hoodie is just, you know, Mark is young and like wears a hoodie, but it's actually an investment strategy. When he goes into a room, all these super smart people that think they're way smarter than him look at him and think, oh, here's the dumb kid in the hoodie and the flip-flops and, you know, the, the same gray t-shirt. And it was it was his way of sizing up the room and letting them all kind of talk down to him and then being like, actually this is the way it's going to work. It yeah. sounds like it's very similar. Yeah, totally. I mean, everybody has their own, their tools. And like, you know, a lot of people come in, especially people who um, have had success in, in, in this industry, they come in with big egos and they like to share a lot of information. And you can just sit back sometimes and be like, okay, well, just give it to me. I'll take it all. Yeah. And then, um, and then you know, sometimes they realize and sometimes they... They just keep going and then they tell stories about the time they they met you, you know? This is Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. Hey, Nick, are you having trouble getting sleep at night? Yeah, yes, I, I am. How did you know? Well, it's funny because the fine people at Mattress Firm want to help you. Mattress Firm is here for you when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep, which you are obviously trying to do. Uh, they have these people here that at Mattress Firm, they are mattress experts. Uh, they are experts when it comes to your bed, to your headboards, to adjustable bases. They even do sheets. Uh, they also do bedroom decor if you and your wife are looking for some new uh, bedroom decor. Uh, and they've got you covered literally and figuratively. Get it? Literally and figuratively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Uh, so if you go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, you can save 10% on a mattress right now or any of the stuff that they have, putting in the code PODCAST10. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0. It's, uh, mattress Firm offers you, if you're worried, because I know you're a business guy and you kind of think about these things, uh, they offer you a 120-night sleep trial so you can rest assured that you will get the best mattress and the best sleep or you'll get your money back. And they also offer a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know that you paid the perfect price for your mattress. Uh, they have 3,000 stores nationwide, so you can probably just walk to one after we're done with this podcast and go check them out. Do you remember what the code was and where to go? I'll tell you. Yeah, it, I know. I, I, it was It was uh, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast. Save 10% with the code podcast10. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1-0. Podcast 10. Got it. C-A-S-T. Podcast 10. Do they headboard? Can I? They do everything. They wow. do the whole thing. Nick. I love a good headboard. Everything. You got it. Once again, mattressfirm.com. <laughs> 
Um, all right, give me a, a good a good Snoop Dogg story that's gonna that's gonna be entertaining. You got you, you gotta have one. I mean, you've been with this guy for ten years. Well, I mean, look, we've done. I mean, I think we've done a lot of fun stuff. I mean, there's you know, I, I think there's all different. Types Were you of involved st- with the Trump thing when that happened? No, no, that's oh. not my thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, I think look at the end of the day, like we were in um, South by Southwest recently. I think you know yeah. this is a big there's a big guy who's in the media right now. We're in South by Southwest recently. We were uh, DJing a party for Sound Ventures, uh-huh. and um, it, I think a great uh, great crowd was there. It was a mix of entrepreneurs, celebrities, investors, and, you know, just media people. And, and, um, uh, I look over and I see Elon Musk and it's kind of, I think very, I I fell into that sort of celebrity moment where, you know, he's the big tech guy. And I was like, Oh, that'd be really cool to meet that guy. So kind of finagle my way, ask somebody, you know, who would help up and arrange his event and say, can we, can we connect with him? And, uh, I, you know, and it was like him, myself, and I was going to bring Snoop down, and we were going to do it immediately afterwards behind the um, DJ booth, and uh, and kind of get back there. I'm with him. I'm with him first. You with Elon? Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at the, uh, my core. I'm a still a sales guy. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let me figure out how to hook this guy. How can I talk to him? How can I engage yeah. with him? And I start throwing out my best. You know, hey man, how's it going? What's going on? You know, and nothing. I'm getting, I'm just, I'm just throwing, I'm just missing the dart. Like, he's like, you know, a lot of yes, uh-huh. No. Yeah. And, and, and like, I just am, I'm feeling the sense of like, oh, this is not, this is not working. And then, you know, I think Snoop walks up and I introduce him and a few other people. We all take a, a photo together, a photo, which by the way, was great. You know, it was me and Snoop and, uh, Elon, Elon and, um, Guy Osuri, but of course when it went on Elon's page, I was cut. Yeah, he. Which, I, it was so funny. Everyone else posted the photo of the four of you guys, and Elon cut you out. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. You know, I, I, why, yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't post the photo yeah. myself either. So wait, how was the interaction with Elon? Well, so and- then, so then, so then, you know, Snoop walks up, Elon's there, and uh, it was just a lot of missed signals. It was a moment, and it was, you know, a, a, an interesting and a, and, a, and a fun moment. But I remember saying, "Hey, you know, we'd love to come by and visit." You guys are right down the street. Yeah, we'll come by. And he's like, and then he looked at me and said, okay, well, um, would you like me to connect you to somebody? <laughs> and I was like, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, at the, and I just, and, you know, I think if we'd been probably, you know, talking about Tesla or the sort of algorithm and stuff, it might have been an easier flow. But then so we did this whole thing and then, you know, everybody smiled and Snoop was nice and whatever. And then the next day. After it had been posted on social media, Snoop called me and goes, "Hey, was that Rocket Man?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that was the guy." That was so, Rocket Man. So, uh, so you know, these these crazy kind of encounters that happen, but that that was that was a fun moment. Um, but I think another you know another interesting story was like I think with us and Lyft, with me and you. What was that? Um, you had been writing a piece on the. Uh, the the car um, so the, the self the, the, no, not the, self driving no, the, cars the car it? market the, the car market yeah the, the driverless the, the the Ubers and the the apps yeah. yeah yeah what do you call it what is the tar- I don't know the, the car, car I don't know on demand on demand thank you yeah on demand so the on demand economy and you were you were writing about Lyft and this was uh, I mean it's got to be what five years ago yeah 
So Lyft was walking around with, they had the mustaches on the front of the car? Oh, yes. I yeah. remember the mustaches. And so you, you, you said, hey, what do you think of Uber and Lyft? And I said, I don't really have an opinion. And you were like, well, you don't think it's n nothing? And I'm like, well, I think the, the mustache is ridiculous. And you're like, well, that's great. Tell me more. And then, you know, I was I, writing a story. Right. I remember now. I was writing a story for the New York Times. And at the New York Times, you always have to have an expert quoted in the story. Yeah, yeah. And I think you lived down the street from me at that point in time. And I was like, I, 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 this column closes in like 20 minutes. Nick, like, and you, so you gave, you gave me this great quote. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically, you, you, I said something like, I think they're ridiculous and they're silly and they should get rid of them and there's an opportunity to really do great marketing. And I didn't think much about it. And, and then um, I think you published the next day and you quoted me like, like I was like pretty central to the story where I was yeah. basically like, they look like a bozo. Yeah. And um, I kind of was like, uh-oh. It was my first experience where I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But I just, then I got an email to their, um, to their credit, I got an email from, from Lyft, from one of the founders, who was like, hey, I saw the article, I'd love to talk to you and, and, and get your perspective. And, and he called me and we had a great conversation. He told me about what they were doing and, um, and he gave us the opportunity to then get to know them, work with them on the marketing side and ultimately invest in them. And so Snoop Dogg owes me a big thank you. What, Lyft? <laughs> we all do. <laughs> but I mean, but, it's, but it, that, it's a lesson where it was like, Sometimes, you know, if you, if you give it to them straight, then it opens up doors of opportunity as opposed to being like, you know, oh, yeah, it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, you know, I was, I was a little nervous about how that played out, but it, it ultimately played out good in the end of the day. To this day, we're, we're friends. And, and I will go back to that economy of, like, how old is the new-new and all that. I think, like, you know, all these sort of car th cars, it's the same thing where they've changed in terms of the thing. But yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, those guys seem to have their head in the right place and they're genuinely trying I, to do I, it. I, I genuinely, like, I believe that there are some good companies out there. Um, Aaron Levy at Box, among them, uh, you know. Also uh, a funny guy. A very funny guy. A very, very, very great funny on guy. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, really I, good. for a long time, believed that Aaron Levy had a ghost Twitter writer, but it turns out I may be wrong. Uh, but like Lyft among them, um, and I think there are a few. Okay, so here's, here's where we're going to close out. I, speaking of being nice, um, I'm often very pessimistic on the show and I, I want to give you the hat of, uh, you now have been anointed chief ethics officer and I'm going to go through a couple of companies. I want you to tell me what you would do to make that company better. Oh, wow. And I how, have some calls and how, how it would be, how you could make, cause I don't, I think that these companies are so bad because the people who run them don't put the effort forth to make them better. Um, they're more concerned with how they're perceived on Wall Street and by uh, the media and investors and so on uh, from a from just a financial standpoint. All right, so you're now C chief uh, ethics officer at Twitter. What would you do? Super underqualified. Okay, but you're, you're, I, I still have assigned you the job because no one else wants it. What would you do to, to make Twitter a better place? Oh, man. Cut off the white supremacists. Immediately. Immediately. And what else? I mean, I just I, I'd like you to edit tweets, and I get why they don't. I'd like you, I'd like you to edit tweets, but I'd also just like I, I just show a little bit more of a moral compass. I know you as a company, you, it's hard to do that, especially when your bread and butter is right wing politicians. Yeah. But like, come on, like there's some really bad people saying really bad things, uh, I, I, albeit on all sides of the spectrum. 
but like figure out a way to figure out a way to like expose them or to um, you know moderate them. Okay, YouTube. YouTube. I mean, it's it's inter- I think YouTube doesn't get enough attention for the bad shit on there. Yeah. And all the conspiracy theories and Alex Jones like stuff that goes way beyond that. Yeah. What what, what would you do? <sighs> YouTube is. I mean, it's a beast. I mean, there's just so much content on a daily basis. Um, I I don't necessarily know. Like, I that one's a hard one for me because I think like, I think it's an an amazing product where everybody can put up content there's so many hours of content you can find anything i mean on a very simple level i try to create a slightly better editorial process where i go on the company i go on the the page or i go on youtube and yeah. i'm able to sort of navigate more seamlessly to you know content that does a little bit better job like a netflix or something yeah but in terms of like editing it and um controlling the it i i feel like you have to seek that out as a as a consumer whereas on twitter that just flows to you like yeah. the bad stuff just flows to you on YouTube. If you're seeking it, you, you have to go on, you have to find it. So that's to me the difference there. And that's why I do find it harder to, to, to censor or moderate that platform. Instagram. Do you think there's anything wrong with Instagram? I mean, Instagram is it's just a monster. It's like incredible. Like I go on airplanes and I watch it's everyone. I, mean, I fly, I fly a lot. And I think it, that, Airports are the most incredible place because it's people from all walks of life, right? So you get an airplane. It's one. It's the one place where everybody's squeezed together. From doesn't matter like ethnicity, uh, financial status. Well, there's another place, the DMV, but keep right. Going. Well, I try to avoid that, but um, but everyone's on Instagram, and like the product is is incredible. Um, I'd like to see them go in a direction less sort of, you know pure teeny bopper and really try to elevate the media platform. But I understand, you know, what, what they have to, that they have to please everybody. So that product is, is unbelievable. I mean, I'd, I'd like, I, I think that they you know, I, I think, think that how they did Instagram TV was a miss. Yeah. I think that was, I think they could have done that in a, in a better way. Um, creating better ways to see long form would be interesting for them. Um, I have an idea of how Instagram could make, could, could, I think that the, there are a lot of good sides to Instagram, and I think that there are also some bad sides to Instagram. It's, it's like, but I think one thing that they could do is they could cut you off. I remember when 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 you um, and I have a lot of friends and family that have actually quit Instagram lately because they it's either all or nothing with the addiction level of it. And I think that I remember when the Wii came out. Remember the Nintendo Wii, yeah. and you were playing the tennis thing and you're swinging your arms and. And then there's this thing that pops up, and they've been like, "You've been on here for 30 minutes. Maybe you should go outside for yeah. a walk." Like, and I, I feel well, like they just, they've done that now. Who? Instagram. With what? If you go down far enough, it's like you're already you're all caught up. Well, they they're doing that because they want you to come back in five minutes. I don't think they're doing that because they they, they want to make the <laughs> world a better it's, place. It's a reverse. It's yeah. a reverse psychology thing. But like, I, I I don't know. I just think that there I think there are so many things these companies could do that would would be uh, better from an ethics standpoint, and they, and they just don't do them. But We'll see. All right, last final question. Uh, over the past 10 years, I have come full circle on social media. Uh, there was a point, and you knew me at this point in time, when I was obsessed, and all I could do was talk about it, and all I could do was use it, and I uh, haven't been on Instagram in, I don't know, a year. I just abandoned a couple hundred thousand followers on there. I haven't opened Snapchat in two years. 
I barely use Twitter. I barely go to Facebook. Uh, and I, I have come full circle in the respect of I don't necessarily believe. I believe that there are a lot of technologies where they have good sides and they have bad sides. Um, for example, driverless cars will be amazing because they will stop people from dying in car accidents, but they will also probably be used in very nefarious ways and will, you know, harm you know, mom and pop stores and things like that. Um, uh, but I, when it comes to social media, I do think there's a lot of good that's happened as a result, Black Lives Matter and things like that. But I also think that there is more bad that has happened. And uh, and I, I don't believe that those companies will be around in 20 years. Do you? Do I believe that the companies like Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, do you think that they will, that we, there will be companies, the products that we will use in 10, 20 years? Do you think that they'll be around? Um, some of them I do. I think I believe that Facebook and Instagram will be around. Um, because Twitter, not so much. I don't think so. Um, but I think because of the acquisition model at Facebook, that they they continue to buy the, they'll buy the product that people want to use anyway. It's interesting. I was talking to my mom last week right and i was talking about how facebook dropped 20 percent, and you know i lost a decent part of my 401k i was like yeah. oh that's a that's a lot of money i lost in, in one day um but i'm still it'll come back so we'll sit it out and, and my mom was like yeah no i remember ibm and i was like well, what do you mean she's like oh, i remember when you know in the in the 80s when all we ever bought was just ibm 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 and it was like i don't know maybe what do you think it was maybe like five six hundred bucks and I think now it's 125 bucks a share. And, it, and it's like, I could see the vision and the, and the opportunity that they had with IBM at one point. Yep. And now it's a small player in a, in a big, you know, in a big orbit. So there's no doubt in my mind that there will be new things that will overtake, overtake these, these things. Um, I do, like I said earlier, think we're in a place now where s- less companies have more control and they will fight hard to keep that control. So, you know, although I'd like to say there are the companies that don't innovate and aren't amazing and, you know, some 20 year old kid will disrupt it. But, um, but I think some of them like, like, you know, like Facebook and Instagram will, will, will definitely be around. Well, we will see. We'll have you back on the show then to find out. 10 years. 10 years. 20 years from now. 20 years. Let's do it. Nick Adler, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Nick Bilton, thanks for having me. Of course. You're a real match. <laughs> thanks to my guest. Nick Adler, the hottest SoundCloud rapper in the game. Uh, okay. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes with of Inside the Hive with who? Slick Nick Bilton. Slick Nick Bilton. You can find these on, come on, read this. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and don't forget to leave a review while you're there, and follow uh, me on Instagram, Nikki Ads. <laughs> uh, thanks. Don't follow me on Instagram; it's terrible. Uh, thanks to the folks at Cadence Thirteen for their production work. Thanks to my editors of Vanity Fair, and thanks, of course, to my sponsors, Vitamin Water and Mattress Firm. Please support them the same way you support this amazing podcast uh i love vitamin water I, I love vitamin water yeah, yeah. i really love vitamin water that's no, good stuff the triple x one yeah, yeah. the dragon fruit no it's good stuff it's really good 50 stuff cent, uh and so is matt yeah i know we're, we, we we talked about that earlier uh all right folks i will see you all next week <laughs>